0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there was a period of my life that I really wanted to be a stand-up comic. It came in two phases. One was right after high school. I decided I had to be a stand-up comic. So I went to a whole bunch of uh, open mics. And when I could, I got into comedy clubs. It's tough to, It was easier to pull off in the 80s because they weren't as hardcore on the front door on the ID... Even though I looked like a child, I, I graduated high school at four foot eleven. But I was stocky. I'd been wrestling and uh, lifting for all of high school for wrestling, but it was fun, you know. If, if it was an open mic, uh, it was a uh, uh, tension filled. The two times I got up was kind of like nervous dick jokes that I stuttered halfway through. And then I gave it up, but I kept going to comedy clubs because I really like stand up comedy. In fact, I got to see a young Robin Williams. Just, I think it was right around either pre Mork and Mindy or Mork and Mindy time. But it was stunning. It was like watching Joe DiMaggio warming up. I mean, it was just, it was amazing. And then the second time I wanted to do stand up comedy was, I was a lot older. In fact, let's make that a lot, lot older. Um, In fact, I was in my 40s. And it was a different time for me. Mentally, I was much more in control of myself. And I actually took a... I'd been writing for a a sketch comedy show. Just writing little sketches and such for... With celebrities and, you know, just trying to do more. You know, try and figure out what I want to do. So I... uh, Comedy-wise. And... So I started writing sketches, and I figured, okay, this will be fun. After every show, and it was a once-a-week show, we would all go out drinking, everybody on the writing staff and the cast and everything, and it was really friendly and fun. Well, there was one writer who never had money, so I, I worked full-time. I was one of the few people with a full-time, good-paying job. So I always friended him. I always bought him beers, and he, he always had a standard line, I'll get you back when I can get you back. Okay, I never I never begrudged him it. You know, I like Brian Brown. Uh, I didn't want to feel like I was his personal bitch, but he was a good guy and he always had a good joke to tell. So to me, that helps pay the fare. Well, just about when I was ready to stop writing for the show, and this guy had already stopped writing for the show. I'd been writing for them for over a year. And out of the blue, he, he emails me and says, Look, I know I owe you a couple hundred bucks. But I won a lottery or a a little – a lottery type thing at a comedy club and they've given me a free stand-up comedy class. It's six weeks and it ends with a big showcase at a comedy club in Santa Monica. Do you want it? I said, well, hell yeah. That sounds like fun. I'll do it. And it was in that class that I actually figured out – if I did go down the road of stand-up, here's how it would be because for the first three weeks, they kept saying write about yourself, write about what you do, write about – and I had been writing this blog that became the podcast you're listening to right now. I've been writing it for years, and it was – well, for several years, and it was awesome because I, I honestly – I love telling stories. And I spent three weeks, the first three weeks of the class, writing classic joke. You do your setup, you do your, you know, your beginning, your middle, your punchline, beginning, middle, punchline, beginning, middle, punchline, then tag back to the first joke, you know, that way you're, and it was very formula, it was boring. And I found myself rushing it, and I was panicked, and I'd forget stuff, and it just didn't feel good. And then... I took one of the – one of my blog posts and I basically just told a story about three homeless guys lying about having money. And that was where I kind of found where I'm going to be on stage. And so when we did the, the showcase, it was 10 minutes. Now, if you've never done stand-up, you don't know how long 10 minutes is because typically your open mics are three minutes – Sometimes five, but never more. And especially if you're not a name comic and you're not the MC, you're not getting any time. You're getting a couple of minutes to, to warm a crowd up and then you're gone. But if you're doing open mics, it's three minutes and the audience could give a shit less whether you're funny. But the showcase was filled with all the family and friends of everybody that had been in this class and it packed the comedy club. Now, true, it was on one of their off nights, it was shit. There was, there was going to be nobody in the club. But instead, the place is packed. Everybody's ordering alcohol and food. The comedy club must have loved it. So I went up. I did my uh, 10 minutes of this story, and it worked out great. I felt natural. I didn't rush it. It was a good story. I had no trouble memorizing it because the story is laid out in sequence. But that is... As far as I got with stand-up comedy. Because it suddenly hit me, stage is not where I want to be. And if you're going to waste time on a hobby, waste time on a hobby that can someday, if everything breaks right, pay the bills. Which is where we're at now with podcasting. Uh, Also working on an audiobook. But with that being said, everything about that embarrassing, fun, amazing, yet ass-clenching situation of stand-up comedy leads us to today's episode Trey Joe, the homeless stand-up comic on today's Caffeinated Humor. I have seen it all now. There is nothing quite so intensely interesting as a homeless comic. Now, I've been on the writing team of a sketch comedy show for the last few months, and I w- want to join the performance cast next season. Sidebar, This was a decade ago, so that didn't work out. But here we are in in going back to that time. Now to get on the the cast for the show, I need to have more time on stage. Got to be a little more natural, have a little more improv, a little more comedy chops. So I've been looking into spoken word writers' venues. I figure I do a lot of writing. I have been writing a a blog for a couple years now. I may as well go and, and perform it. But spoken word venues, very few and far between. But open mic stand-up comedy, far easier to find. So although it's not something I'm wanting to do, I wanted to do it a long time ago, and every now and then I get that feeling like I want to, but it's not where I really want to be. But I'm going to do stand-up comedy now. And there's a certain amount of ass-pucker factor that's involved in that. So I found a venue in Hollywood that does open mic. A well-known comedy club, just the setting to do an open mic and see some good comedy after the show. Well, it turns out that's totally wrong, but we'll get to that later. Turns out on open mic night, there's rarely a good comic following at all. Now, I had a few drinks at the bar after I got there. All the better to be a little more loud and obnoxious. The crowd was an interesting mix of guys that seemed like a pretty diverse cross-section of humanity. I mean a shocking amount of the, the crowd just reeked of weed. And while I realize that everyone may have had their kush cards up to date, this is pre-legalization, there's a certain grubbiness to a serious stoner that has always come across to me as a little gross. Sorry, call me a, a prude, but there, there is an element of trashiness that goes with stoners. Opinions do vary. Anyway, the guy running it was a combination of boys in the hood meets a dyslexic frat boy, hat sideways, gold chain, and all. They started pulling names out of a bucket. My name is in that bucket, so I'm waiting to hear. The first five guys to come up were an interesting mix of people, but they all shared the same trait. Not one of them had memorized their act. They couldn't remember it. They're working off of notes written on their cell phones. They stumbled through three minutes of act till they got the light. Now the light is a flashlight at the back of the room that the MC flashes at you right on your face, and it means your time's up. Now most of them bitched about getting the light, so much so one of them even muttered fuck you to the MC as he passed him but as he left the stage. And then the MC announced a name that sounded a lot like Trey Joe. But it was said really fast and it was Coming up to the stage now is Trejo. Might have been Cujo. We don't know. It may have been something else, but the MC was having a hard time reading it off of the card. Now, Trejo was about 5'8 in his 50s. Scruffy was kind of an understatement. I saw him. I was looking at his part of the room when he stood up to go to the stage. His beard was at that five-day growth stage that's way beyond five o'clock shadow, but just shy of actually being able to call it a beard, so it just looked like shit on his face. He also reeked of weed, with an underlying odor that I only picked up as he passed my seat on the way to the stage. Urine and BO. I can recognize a homeless guy quicker than most. How the hell did I miss this guy? So he cleared his throat, took a look at the audience like he was sizing us up. And what followed was the most compact, dense three minutes of the absolutely most convoluted, twisted, conspiracy-laden half-tales that used the word fuck liberally like at the beginning, middle, and end of every sentence. It was awesome. Half of the audience just stared in total silent bewilderment. And the rest of us that got it, we laughed our asses off. I may have peed a little bit. The whole thing was free. I was honestly disappointed when he left the stage. He was in the middle of crop circles, uh, chemtrails, and some sort of a presidential assassination attempt on a president who had never been shot at. I found that fascinating. And sadly, when he left, it was like a crazed, demented Elvis leaving the building. Sadly, when it was all over, I never got called up. So I settled my bar tab and I headed out. Now, as I was getting into my car from my awesome parking place, my awesome parking place right across the street, I saw Trey Joe walking down the street next to my car, pushing a shopping cart. You know, when I start guessing, I'm unbelievably accurate. And I realize it's night, but on my way home, there will be Coffee.